Good afternoon. You're listening to KFSK News for Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Hannah Floor. At least one person is dead with an undisclosed number of others missing after a massive landslide destroyed three houses and covered the highway about 11 miles outside of Wrangell late last night. According to local emergency alerts and social media posts from residents, the slide occurred at around 11 miles out of Zenovia Highway at about 9 p.m. yesterday. Alaska State Troopers say one person was found dead in a hasty search of the slide area conducted by numerous responders. Troopers are asking residents between mile 11 and the paved highway's end to evacuate with water taxis available for transport. Multiple families in the area reported being evacuated by boat overnight to personal social media pages. Troopers spokesperson Austin McDaniel says people visiting Wrangell residents Visiting Wrangell residents for the Thanksgiving weekend may have been caught in the slide. Officials say that more houses may have been affected in addition to the homes destroyed. But because of unstable ground in the slide area, officials say it's not yet possible to assess the full extent of damage. Local officials say initial measurements show the slide is about 200 feet long and stretches from the uplands to the coast. Members of local crews, including state troopers, Wrangell Police, Wrangell Volunteer Fire Department, EMS, Wrangell Search and Rescue, the State Department of Transportation, and the U.S. Forest Service are responding to the slide. When the first local responders arrived at the scene, they reported trees were still cracking and falling in the area. While some search and rescue efforts continued throughout the night, most volunteers were called back from the landslide due to ongoing concerns about the stability of the area. Before resuming a full-scale search and rescue effort, the crews await an assessment of the area by a state geologist who is anticipated to arrive today, weather permitting. Last night, Wrangell residents living as far away as five miles reported hearing the landslide on local social media pages. A spokesperson for the U.S. Coast Guard confirmed early this morning that it is actively engaged in assisting Wrangell with landslide response including diverting the Bailey Barco to the community cutter, which will help with the site assessment from the water. The spokesperson said the state troopers have also requested the assistance of a Coast Guard helicopter to help with aerial search and rescue assessment. The helicopter was anticipated to arrive in the community sometime after first light. Local businesses and organizations, including Harbor Light Church and the Stikine Inn, offered food and lodging to people displaced by the slide, or worried about the stability of other hillsides in the area. Wrangell Parks and Recreation's doors are also open to the community today at no cost. In addition to causing physical damage, the slide also knocked out power to an unknown number of homes out the road. As early as this morning, Light and Power did not have an estimate for when power would be restored to homes past Nine Mile. Local officials say highway access is restricted past the six-mile-old sawmill site to outgoing traffic. They're asking residents not to travel out the road past that point to see the damage while crews are working to assess the scene. National Weather Service reports that the Wrangell area received just over three inches of rain in a 24-hour period between early yesterday morning and early this morning. That's more than seven times the daily norm for the region at this time of year, or around one-quarter of the rain that typically falls during the entire month of November. Anyone wishing to report a missing person should call the Wrangell Police Department at 907-874-3304.
And this is a breaking news story, and information will be updated as more becomes available. The storm currently affecting the majority of southeast Alaska has caused a slew of landslides across the Ketchikan Gateway Borough and Prince of Wales Island. These landslides in southern southeast have affected the power grid, with many communities in the area reporting power outages. Parts of North Tongass Highway and Ketchikan were closed yesterday due to a landslide in the Ward Cove area. Residents were without power for a couple hours while Ketchikan Public Utilities assessed the damages. Power has been since been restored. Alaska Power and Telephone, a utility provider serving Prince of Wales Island, reported landslides in Heidelberg, Black Bear Lake, and between Craig and Klawak. A road was also washed out in Kaufman Cove. APNT said in a phone call that the Heidelberg landslide damaged power lines and the community was on a backup power supply. They said as of 2 p.m. yesterday, no major outages were reported in their service area. Clarence Peel, a Heidelberg resident, said several power poles were snapped in half. Thorn Bay and Klawak residents reported power outages yesterday afternoon. All ferries to and from Prince of Wales have been cancelled. People were urged to secure vessels and loose objects that could be damaged by winds, which were reported at up to 60 miles per hour in the Ketchikan area. And a winter storm hit much of northern southeast Alaska yesterday, bringing heavy snow to Huna, Gustavus, and Haines, and blizzard conditions to Juneau that prompted early closures. Meteorologist Andy Park with the National Weather Service office in Juneau said the most intense bout of winter weather should taper off sometime this morning as snow starts to mix with rain. Gosh, you know, strong winds, even light snow, it's going to create pretty slick conditions. Winds up to 70 miles per hour blew in Juneau yesterday. The strongest gust at a speed of 103 miles per hour was recorded yesterday at the junction of Chatham, Icy Strait, and Lynn Canal. Low visibility and slippery roads made driving conditions hazardous all day in Juneau. Schools and the university campus and city offices and facilities closed early. And the intense wind and snow also caused a 40-minute power outage in downtown Juneau yesterday morning. Snowfall totals varied throughout the southeast. In Juneau, there was an accumulation between 4 and 6 inches yesterday afternoon. Haynes and Skagway saw up to 8 inches, and Huna reported 21 inches. So overall, you know, Huna seems to be the, the clear... You know, most snow so far, but we still have the rest of the night to go. Two wild animals caused mayhem in two different buildings in Petersburg last month, both within 24 hours of each other. First, a grouse trespassed in Petersburg's airport. Then a black bear cub broke into a grocery store downtown. Though neither people nor products were hurt in the chaos, things ended poorly for the young bear. KFSK's Shelby Herbert has a story on why wildlife officials decided to euthanize the cub and how the wayward bird fared much better. A baby black bear, just about the size of a small dog, darted past slabs of frozen meat in Petersburg's downtown grocery store on October 17th. Rudy Rosas was at the IGA to shop for some snacks, and then mayhem ensued. He took shelter outside the store behind a huge pile of pumpkins and took a video with his smartphone. That's what you're hearing now. Petersburg police and Alaska wildlife troopers responded within minutes, lassoing the cub with a catch pole and escorting it out of the store. 
Pam Stewart is an employee at IGA. She saw it all go down. Uh, I was just over in our cooler aisle, and all of a sudden I saw a little black bear come running through a little baby and scared the heck out of me. And so I'm um, trying to catch him, and he ran into our meat department and then came out front and tried to get out of the store, and he couldn't. But, Stewart says, the cub didn't actually manage to get into any food. He was just running around terrified, poor little guy. Before police and wildlife troopers arrived, she and her co-workers were worried that the cub's mother was just around the corner. But mom never came. And that's part of the reason why troopers made the difficult decision to euthanize the young bear. Austin McDaniel is a spokesperson for the Alaska Wildlife Troopers. He says the responding officers doubted the young bear's ability to survive in the wild. And that's because they found the cub in poor condition. It was emaciated. And it did not have any kind of measure of fat that would be able to sustain it through the winter. It had been abandoned for unknown reasons and did not have really any ways to significantly acquire resources to recover from its condition. When word got out that the cub was euthanized, some Petersburg residents questioned why officials didn't send it to a facility that would care for it. McDaniel says they considered that as an option but the cub wasn't healthy enough to handle the stress of the trip. And uh, even if it could, as we were trying to locate a facility somewhere to transport that bear, there were none available kind of in the region or anywhere in the state that were willing to take the bear. Over at Petersburg's James A. Johnson Airport, another errant critter had better luck. Just a day before the bear incident, an unruly, feathered passenger tried to get through airport security with no ticket, no identification, and no pre-check. When confronted by airport security, it defecated on a newspaper stand. Molly Christensen is a station agent at the airport. She says in what she believes to be a first for Petersburg's small airport, a grouse broke into the terminal. Came off of flight 64 and terminal was empty except for one lonely grouse sitting out here by the newspaper machine. Uh, anyway, he did leave us a little treat before he did the mad dash out the front door on our windowsill. But uh, yeah, that was a big interesting part of the day. Two TSA agents were tasked with flushing him out. Oh, right through the window, right through the door. Right wow. And having missed the southbound jet... The bird had to come up with a new flight plan. And he flew out the door, right back out into the mess keg. It was a beautiful moment. Soared. As it turns out, there are no shortcuts for winter migration. At least, not under the watchful eye of the Transportation Security Administration. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Bethel Search and Rescue is recommending against all travel on the Kuskokwim River due to open water and thin ice. That's after they completed their annual aerial freeze-up survey of the Kuskokwim River over the weekend. Evan Erickson reports. For the past several years, November 18th has been synonymous with a freeze-up survey for the Bethel Search and Rescue team. Same day every year so that we can look back and compare where we're at you know, from year to year with freeze up. That's search and rescue member Mark Leary. We first flew west of Bethel following the Utmoslock Trail, uh, and then we flew the area around the Tundra Villages, Utmoslock, Nunap, Kasigluk, and we flew down the Johnson River through the Kuskokwim, and then flew all the way upstream to Aniak. 
One purpose of the aerial survey is to locate the edge of the ice on the lower Kuskokwim River. The ice edge as of Saturday was about eight miles below the Johnson River. And then from there on down, the channel was open with a lot of actively moving ice. The other purpose of the aerial survey is to identify open holes and areas with thin ice. Compared to last year, the search and rescue report says the river right around Bethel is freezing more quickly, but it's still not safe. There are some areas of concern yet, though. Right between Oscarville and Nebuskiak was a very large area of open water that on um, Thursday was still wide open. By the time we flew on Saturday, it had a very thin layer of ice on it with still some open spots. In addition to a large zone of open water and thin ice in front of and upstream of Queethluck, the aerial survey noted other areas of concern upriver from Bethel. There is open water and thin ice on the Kuskokwim side of the lower end of Church Slough. Other areas of concern observed in the aerial survey include a large area of thin ice at the lower end of Strait Slough, a major danger zone with at least three large open holes at the upper end of Kuskokwak Slough, plenty of open water between Akiak and Kalskag, and hundreds of small holes scattered throughout the rough ice from Kalskag upriver to Aniak. While search and rescue advises against all main river travel, the aerial survey observed active ice fishing up and down the river. Every community that we flew by on Saturday, there were multiple people out on the ice. By going out daily to Monarch or check their net, they're observing the ice gradually thickening, and then they help us determine when it's become safe to start stretching out the trails from and connecting up the communities. With the completion of the aerial survey, crews will now have a much better idea of where to focus their efforts when it comes to marking danger areas as soon as the Kuskokwim becomes safe for travel. That's always priority one. Is as soon as we can after freeze-up, uh, get out there and, and mark the open water. The areas will likely be marked with willow branches and reflective tape. As winter travel along the Kuskokwim River picks up, Bethel Search and Rescue recommends traveling with an ice pick both to check areas of concern and self-rescue. They also say not to trust a single snow machine or ATV track unless made by someone knowledgeable about the river, to beware of grassy areas that take longer to freeze, and to always travel sober. In Bethel, I'm Evan Erickson. For KFSK, I'm Hannah Floor.